Okay, Bokotov, today's daf is daf Dalid, and we're in the middle of the discussion about how we learn out Kedushay Kasef, and although the psalm of the Gemara began it with all of this Kicha Kicha Mishte Afron, which is sort of what everybody knows, the Gemara here focuses actually on the Pasuk from a father selling his daughter, which also, of course, is, uh, you can't escape the uh, whole context of sale there, especially with the similarity to selling his daughter in slavery and therefore marrying off his daughter. Um, so the Gemara, um, let's pick up at the middle of Gilam with Bet. The Gemara says the following, that although you have, by the case of Moti Shemra, the father says, I gave my daughter to this man that shows his power to marry her off, and therefore if he's marrying her off, presumably the Gemara has two questions. Uh, three actually. How do you know it's with Kesef? How do you know the father, when she's a Ktana and a Nara, as the mission teaches, that the father marries her off and that the father keeps the money? So, from the puzzle of Ain Kesef by selling to a slave, um, we learn out that it's with money. Um, how do we know that he's the one that does it and he's the one that pockets it? So the Gemara says that's because of Espitina Tatili Shazef. He's the one doing it, then presumably he's also the one pocketing it. So the Gemara says, fine, that proves money and the father does it and the father pockets it all when she's a katana but the mission not our mission mission suvos teaches that it's even true when she's a nara between the age of 12 and 12 and a half while she's somewhat of an, uh, of an adult a legal adult but still under the control of the father how do you know at that stage that he can also do this and pocket the money so the Gemara says like that um, so let's pick up with that question the Ema says the Gemara it's about exactly in the middle of Gimel and Bet, right after the Pusk is quoted that little uh, open circle that begins uh, a line so one line below that so the Gemara when is it that he sells her marries her keeps the money a minor that doesn't even have her own uh, you know hand meaning she's not an, she's not yet a, 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 an adult within the air within halacha now the phrase we have is she doesn't have her own hand to accept kiddushin it seems like Rashi didn't have that word according to Rashi it was just a question that She's not even an adult at all. She has no legal standing in halacha. Um, but here, with our gears, it means that she cannot be part of the act of accepting her own kiddushin. Aval Nara, the Isayah, the Kabbal kiddushin, a Nara that can receive her own kiddushin. I'll get back to that in a minute, but let's for now just say a Nara that's already a legal adult. Okay. Um, Maybe she can marry herself and she can pocket the money. How do we know that it's the father? Now, the question is, is the Gemara saying that um, maybe it's only she that can do it? Or maybe in addition to him doing it, she should be able to do it? Right? It's not exactly clear what, what the Gemara is asking. Is the Gemara saying that, uh, that he shouldn't do it and only she should do it? Or she, is it saying even she should be able to do it when she's a Nara? Anyway, let's see what the Gemara's answer is. Amar Kra, the verse says, In her, in her youth, in her father's house. That's by a, push, pu, pu, by a pusuk, but that he can annul the vows that she takes while she's still uh, in her youth. So the Gemara says, All of the benefit of her youth is goes to her father. So therefore, <coughs> any money that she would get, <coughs> if she were to have done an act of Kiddushin, would go to her father. If she were to have received the money of Kedushin, it would go to her father from that principle. Okay? So we already know the father can marry her off. Presumably, we're going to presume that he can do that when she's a Nara as well. But the question is, how do we know that she can, that even if she does it herself, that the money goes on to her father? And that we learn from this Pasuk. So the Gemara says, How do you know that earnings of the daughter go to the father? Even when she's a Nara. As the verse says, If a man sells his daughter as a maid, the same way a uh, you know a maid, the, the person who owns the uh, the uh, the woman as a slave gets her uh, gets her her labor. So the father also gets her labor. Now, what the Rashi and says is like you don't need the, this drusha to tell me that as a katana, as a minor, he's entitled to the labor because it's, it's not even 
Kavachomer. It's just like implicit. If you can sell her as, as a slave, sell her Masa Yadayim to another person, obviously you're entitled to them or else you wouldn't be able to sell them. Okay? So therefore, clearly as a Ketana, she, he has rights to her Masa Yadayim. But how do we know that even as a Nara, the father has rights to his daughter's labor? So even though, ironically, you cannot, well, you know, you cannot sell, he can't sell his daughter when she's a Nara as a slave. He can marry her. That's actually the place where there's a lack of parallel. Once she's a Nara, she, she cannot be sold as a slave, but she can still be married off. So even though he cannot sell her as a slave when she's a Nara, the extra Pasuk, as speaking, what's the extra Pasuk? Of V'chim Kra'ishet Pito Le'ama, I don't know what extra is about that, but anyway, somehow from that Pasuk we're darshaning that even though it's obvious that when she's a Ketana, he's entitled to her Masiya Daim, or else he wouldn't have been able to sell her Masiya Daim as a Ketana, but not only that, even as a Nara, he's entitled to her Masiya Daim. Somehow that Pasuk is seen as something telling us something extra, and the extra thing is telling us that even as a Nara, he's entitled to her Masiya Daim. So the Gemara says, so that's, so that's, so that's what we learn out that he's entitled to her earnings as a Nara. So the Gemara says, why not taper claim me binurabe savia? If you think this verse by Hafaris Nidarim, binurabe savia, that he gets all of her, that he gets, the, tells us that when she's in a nara, state of Nara, he gets all the benefits. So why did you need an extra pasuk to tell me he gets Masiyadayim? Just learn it from this big global statement that he gets all of the benefits. <laughs> so the Gemara says, Ella, so why didn't you do that? That verse, tells me that he has rights to annul vows. Okay, but it doesn't tell me anything else. So also when it comes to keeping the money of Kiddushin, that puzzle only tells me he has rights to annul vows. I think we probably need to put some stuff on the board. Okay, so basically here's what you have. As a Ketana, okay, as a Ketana, he can sell her as an as a as a shift as a, as a slave, okay. I mean, evidently, but whatever. Okay, so therefore, he obviously has masayadayim. Okay, so here you have slave masayadayim. Um, we have kiddushin, and we have uh, we have what? Hafaris nedarim. Thank you, hafaris nedarim. Okay, so for slave, obviously that's a kim korish, daikana kim korish. Okay, epito. If he can sell her as a slave, obviously he gets masiyadayim. How do we know that he does the kedushin? Espitinatati leishazeh. How do we know he does the hafaris nedarim? That's binurah beisaviyah binurah. Now, how do we know these things apply as a Nara? Well, actually, as as a Nara, he cannot sell her. Okay, that we take, he can only sell her when she's a Katana. Okay, so if that's true, how do we know that he gets Masiya Dayan if he can't sell her? So somehow they make a drasha, don't ask me what, that somehow Kiyim Kor is extra and telling me that even as a Nara, even, he has ma, even a Nara, he has Masiya Dayan. Okay? But it's a little bit, uh, it's not obvious because he can't sell her as a, as, as a slave. So that's what we learned it out somehow some extra drasha. How do you know how far is Nidarim? That's Nara anyway. So the only thing that we still don't know is how do you know by Kiddushin that he's entitled to marry her and to keep the money? Or another way of looking at it is how do you know that if she marries herself, Maybe at least then she should be able to pocket the money. How do you know he gets the money? And if you say, well, we can, Nurebe Savia tells me that he has all the rights. So the Gemara saying, but this can't tell me he has all the rights by Nara, because then this Pasuk, you wouldn't have needed this Pasuk. The fact that you need this Pasuk, obviously this Pasuk being Nurebe Savia is limited to first Nidarim. You cannot use it to tell me a global principle that he has all these rights. Because we see you needed a special Pasuk to teach me Masiyadayim. So we still have to know, how do you know, by Kiddush, that he's ent- entitled to keep the money if she marries herself. Okay? Mm-hmm. Pretty clear to people? All right. So, um, so let's take a look. Hachanami, um, okay, so the Gemara says, Hachanami, Hachanami, Ah, but okay, but now we know he gets to Masiyadayim. If he gets to Masiyadayim, if he gets her earnings, logically he should be able to keep money that she gets in the act of Kiddushin. So the Gemara says, Hachanami, so the Gemara says, no, 
I'm sorry, first, excuse me, wrong way. Let's first go from, if he can annul her vows, he could get, he could get her kiddushin. So the Gemara says, No, you can't learn monetary issues from like Isser and Hector. The right to annul vows doesn't teach you that he's entitled to any money. Ah, what about another thing? When he actually, the whole thing that we quoted before about the case about the, um, you know, Motsi Shemra, right, is that she's a Nara, and who gets the money when it basically turns out that the guy is lying, right? Who gets the money? Father. The father, right? So therefore, so why not learn out so, I'm sorry, or Rashi actually says, I don't know why I said Motsi Shemra, Rashi actually says Onus and Pitoy, but the, either way, it's also by the Motsi Shemra, right? Anyway, but there's a case about Knas, okay? So you have Motsi Shemra and Onus and Mufate, all rape and seduction, and all those cases, the Torah says that the father gets the Knas. So that's money. So why not learn out from the fact that he gets the money here that he, he should get the money by Kiddushin? Okay? So the Gemara says, no. Um, you can't learn anything out from Knas. Because Knas is basically the idea of a punishment. It starts with the idea not the guy owes money, but we're going to give him a monetary fine and a punishment. So therefore the fact that the father receives that money doesn't prove that things that are not about punishments and fines, but just Kesef Kiddushin, maybe, you know, I don't know, she's marrying herself, maybe she should be entitled to that. Now, again, you could still ask about logic. She's the one that got raped. She's the one that got slandered, although you could say maybe the father's, in, you know, reputation got slandered as well, but she's certainly the one that got raped. So, and nevertheless, the money's going to the father. But no, that, that, the knas wasn't the payment for the rape. The knas was just a punishment. You can't prove anything from it. So, money that actually is earned, somehow money deserved, maybe that would go to her. Maybe that's, that's the Kesef Kiddushin. So, the mother says, okay, but it's not just knas. The Gemara says, Knas is an, is an additional monetary fine. Boshet and Pagam are the real compensation payments for the rape. Right? Boshet is the embarrassment, the shame that comes with it. And the Pagam is the actual injury. You know, we could also talk about like, um, like the, uh, you know, Tsar, which is, you know, the psychological. Okay? So that's the actual payment. Rape is treated in Halacha basically like um, like assault, like the case of physical pers- injury, okay? So, no better, no worse. Um, but, again, I mean, the Torah is quite revolutionary about rape. It actually says that the uh, girl is a victim, the, the woman is a victim, and she's not to be blamed for it, which, as we know, you know, in, 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 uh, in ancient societies, in some societies today, is not the way it's treated. But anyway, but, it does, it does, but the punishment for rape, look, the same way if somebody assaults somebody and tears off their arm, right nowadays they'd go to prison, and the Torah, all you do is you pay for it, right? So, it's a little bit strange that it's only treated as it were civilly and not criminally. So that's true about assault and it's true about rape. Okay, but anyway, you have Boshes and Begah, but that is actual payment for the actual injury. That's actual compensation. And that goes to the father. So if that goes to the father, even money that's deserved and compensation to the girl goes to the father. So we should be able to learn out Kesef Kiddushin, even when she marries herself, goes to the father. Again, okay. in the case of Frey of Anara. Yeah. Right, uh, it's an hour. If she's older, then he goes to her staff. Right. Okay, so the Gemara says, um, okay. No, 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 no. He has rights to her boshes and begam. Why does he have rights to her boshes and begam? So, okay, here's a very disturbing Rashi. Ella, I mean, Rashi isn't disturbing. He's describing a disturbing assumption of the Gemara. If you look at Rashi, um, Rashi says like this, about eight lines on the bottom. Rashi says, Rashi says, look, you know, the father basically, then you want to come around here and say the father basically can come at, can decide to uh Take a, you know, forgetting, meaning there's the Kesef Kiddushin, you know, like in all, like in, like in government, right? There's the money that officially you get paid for the job, and then there's all the money that changes hands, you know, but you want to call it below the table. So therefore, whether or not, however we decide about who's entitled to the pruta that the girl gets, you know, as like a Nara, okay, Rashi says, 
you know, somebody can basically pay the father a lot of money to agree to marry his daughter off to him. Right? Well, that's the money that switches hands, you know, you know, that in the back rooms. That's not the official case of Kiddushin. So therefore, um, Rashi, so therefore, basically, you know, he could have uh, made, uh, this is disgusting, but anyway, he could have made money, right, by uh, marrying, by, by when she was, uh, un, when she was uh, undamaged goods, by marrying her off and made a lot of money, and now he can't, so that's why he's entitled to the compensation. Of course, life like, okay, but then, but, it's, uh, but then the money in the house, Kesef Kiddushin, like, if, if that's because of how he could have married her off, then how could he not get the Kesef Kiddushin? Isn't that at least, as, at least as obvious? So it's a very, it's a little, this is where the Gemara gets very murky, you know, toast, um, but, Anyway, we're just going to go for it. I mean, Tosus has a way of explaining it. He could have married her off as a katana, and that. Anyway, let's just keep on moving. Okay, so the mother says like this: Ella. I mean, he can't marry her off as an as an ara to. Yeah, but then what does it mean? I don't want to get into it. It's, it's 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 complicated if you try to unpack this. Okay, but the basic point of it is is that yes, he gets all of these payments, but somehow maybe he still doesn't get kesef kiddushin when she, the way Tosus says is if he marries her off, like he could get all these types of things. Okay, because he could marry her, but maybe still, if she's marrying herself, maybe at least in that case, when she's marrying herself, she should pocket the cast of Kiddushin. Okay, all the other cases we understand he has right, but at least when she's marrying herself, she should pocket the cast of no, Kiddushin. He's allowed to marry her off as an Ara. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. correct. That's the thing that we're not asking that question. Yeah, right. he, he can marry her as an Ara, and that's why he's entitled to Bojas and Brigam, because he can still marry her and get money for her and all those types of things. But in the scenario where she marries herself, Right, not where he marries her. Right, not where she marries her. Okay. So the Gemara says, Stavra. Okay, so we still don't know how we know when he, when she, in the case where she's marrying herself as a Nara, how do we know that he pockets the money? So the Gemara says, Elamistavra, it makes sense. We're going back to the Pasuk of, of um, Ein Kesef, right? Um, uh, it's comparing a similar case. So, oh, by in Kesef, it says the master doesn't get money, but in another case, somebody else would get money. So the Gemara is finally just saying, yeah, so, but that somebody else, the logical parallel is not that she herself would get money. The parallel to the master getting money is the other person who has control over her. So we're back to that Pasuk about Ein Kesef, that when she goes away from the master, in a case of being sold as a slave, the master doesn't get money. But when she goes, goes away from the father, the father gets the money. Now when the father sells it, you don't need a Pasuk for that. The father basically has rights to marry her, so of course he's going to pocket the money. So the Pasuk would be telling you, even when when she married herself. Okay, by the way, right at this stage, we're quite far from our immediate focus about Kiddushin. Right, it's no longer about how do you know Kiddushin is with Kesef? How do you know the father has rights to do Kiddushin? It's like a lot of effort right now just to deal with the one case that when she marries herself, how do you know that he's the one that pockets the money? Okay, and in the end, we're just say, getting it from this puzzle about Ain Kesef. That, it's not, that in the case of the slave, it, no money goes to the master, but in case of marriage, the money always goes to the father. Whether it's a Tana or Nara. So the Gemara says, I know, but all of this immediate effort is just to figure out that one special case that he pockets the money. Right, but the basic Ain Kesef is that it is, the basic point is still correct. Ain Kesef tells you that there's Kesef Kiddushin when the father marries her. Correct. She gets all the... The father gives the extra money? What? No. No, the father doesn't give the money. That's the whole point. He pockets the money. No, he wants yeah. Joel's asking if she ever gets it even later. No. No, what he gets is the ksuva. Okay, so he says, Hello, Dami, One minute, what's even the comparison? Leaving the master is not the same as leaving the father at Kiddushin. In one case, she's completely away from her previous master. So here, as long as she has not been given over to the chuppah, as long as she hasn't entered into the house of the husband, her father still, that's all of this point. While she's a nara, even after Kiddushin, he still has all of these rights. Because Kiddushin, remember, does not really change her lived status. Her lived reality is still in her father's house until Nisuin. So how could we learn from this Pesach when he leaves this master, she, you know, the father gets the money, she's not leaving the father's control at Kiddushin. So the Gemara says, no. There's a little bit of a change of status when it comes to annulling vows. Nara Murasa, when she's a Nara and she's betrothed, Avia Uba, 
he cannot annul the vows on himself. He can only annul the vows together with her husband. Okay, now that's not even really leaving his control because he still has control. It's a shared control, but he's not even losing, you know, full control in any one area. So it is a little bit of an interesting comparison, leaving the master and leaving the father, because the Gemara is like, right, he doesn't really leave the father well, after betrothal. Um, all the more reason why you should get them. That's a good point. That's, I mean, it, right? It makes the parallel stranger that, that, we, that we learn at Kiddush Kesef from there because because it's not a parallel model for Kiddush Kesef. But you're right. Once we're assuming Kiddush Kesef, all the more reason he should get the money. Okay, so that was a little complicated. But bottom line is, we're learning it out very much. You can't go through this Kamara even if you get a little even if you get a little confused without getting the message that the model is selling your daughter as a slave, right? As a model for Kiddush, and that again, and as a Kesef Kiddush in a very much that transactional model. In particular, the Gemara's statement about Boshis and Pagam, and he's entitled to it because he can make money off of it. And it's very disturbing, Gemara, yes. Sometimes the model is freeing your daughter as a slave. Um, well, you're freeing her from y- your ownership over her and handing her over to the next guy. Right. But like, like the Inkesa. Right. It's not like it's not bringing into slavery. It's correct, like correct. But it's still, I'm not, I'm not focusing on the slavery part, I'm focusing on the sale part. Right, you know, so yeah. Really? All right, yeah. Can you make some, uh, is there some element of that he, the cost of, and the, and the efforts that he made in raising the child, <laughs> being compensated? Yeah, I mean, you could, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, it certainly was a reality that, you know, that daughters would not go ahead and provide, you know, for their, you know, w- would not go and earn money and provide, and therefore they were seen as like a financial burden, essentially, you know, and the father had to primary worry was to marry her off, right, so to somebody who would provide for her. So, I mean, obviously the irony is that, of course, that they would be taking care of so much of the of the domestic responsibilities, you know, in terms of helping the mother. But anyway, those are, those are certainly economic realities, but it still is a question about how you framing exactly, you know, this transaction, you know. But you are right. There's an interesting way of thinking about it. Look, the strange thing is, it is strange, right? Because on the one hand, you know, we talk about it as a sale, and again, what we're saying is that in, from the time in the Torah, it's like was this 50, you know, kesef, which was 200 zuz, which was a lot of money, because and that's an, you say, well, you know, I mean, he's been raising her, she's not going to be, she didn't earn money for the family, etc. The irony is that what changes is that when it becomes symbolic, then the financial burden really shifts completely to the father, right? He's the one that has to p- provide a lot large dowry if he wants to like you know marry her off right to the, a particular guy right so then it sort of changes who's paying whom in a certain way what right well that's the irony but the ksuva becomes right I mean yeah the ksuva is a certain type of a balance of the groom's financial obligations in the case of divorce and then also what the bride is bringing into the marriage right now right and there's somewhat you know so there is somewhat like a, you know it, it's, it's less of a sale because like there's, both, there's, a, there's money being brought in from the bride's family but then there's money being promised on the groom's side so yeah it's important to appreciate that sort of that more complexity alright so let's continue the bride says like this um, okay. Um, uh, okay. The high, the Yatsachinam, the Hariudas, is that what Yatsachinam is coming to tell me? Hami Bayale, look at the Tanya, we need to teach you what the Brisa tells me. The Tanya is on the Brisa. The Yatsachinam, Elime Bagrus, that she goes free when she's a Bogaret at like 12 and a half or when she, and when she has her, you know, her, uh, physical signs of maturity. Ain Kosef without money. So the extra word of Ain Kosef, I mean, what's Chinam? It's not Ain Kosef, it's redundant. Elime Naras, not even as a Bogaret, even as a Naras, she goes free. So it's not to tell me this halacha that the that 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 a parallel case that there's kiddush kesef. It's coming to tell me the double language that she goes free even as a nara. So Amar Avina, no, in gain limakra on kesef or ain without a yud. My ain kesef spelling it with the extra yud tells me I can learn two things. Number one is the phrase extra phrase ain kesef tells me she goes free from sold into slavery as a nara, and the extra yud tells me ain kesef ladon zeva yesh kesef ladon acher of that they tells me that uh, of course it's a stress tells me that to, that's what they have, when they want to learn multiple drashot they make up hypotheticals about what the puzzle could have said okay anyway so that tells me that there's another case where money changes hand where she's married off which is the case where she's married off okay now the Gemara actually for once asks really how can you learn that from this yud that yud isn't really even extra what, what entitles you to make a drasha based on that yud which doesn't look extra to me and you the time we turn to the brysa Zera ain law. This is about a wife of, of a um of a, of a Bascoin who marries 
a um, uh, you know Yisrael, and if she has no children after the marriage, no, no, it's the opposite. No, is that right? Is the wife of Yisrael who married a Kohen? No, it's right? So it's going who marries Israel, right? going who marries Israel, then in that case, if after her husband dies, so if she has no, as it were, tie to the husband's family, no living children, then she's seen as going back to her father's house and she continues to eat, and she goes back to eating truma. Okay, now, but it does say she has no seed. I only know that her own seed, Zera Zara, I mean, I'm, let's say she has no living children, but she has grandchildren. How do I know that that would also constitute a, a seed? Tamagoma Zera Ainla. So we're now we're going to draw in from the, and from we're going to play, play in with an Ain. Ayain La, like as if it was written with an Ayin. Look into her. The Ainli Ella Zera Kasher, Zera Pasulinayin. How do I know even if it was a invalid Zera, like for example, a Mamzera, she says, that that would still be considered enough, like, you know, her family, that she would not go back to her father's house. Tamad Lamar, Zera Ainla. Ayainla, the idea of investigate means any circumstance. So, okay, so Mar says, Zara says, How do you use Ainla to tell me both grandchildren and this case of Zara Pustle? You already use, you know, you already use it for the grandchildren. For grandchildren, you really didn't even need the Children, Grandchildren are like your own children. Okay, so the extra Ainla, Ayainla, is even for a case of, you know, of, 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 of illegal children. Okay? Anyway, illegitimate children. So anyway, you see that the extra Yud teaches you that you can make the drasha. So here too, the extra Yud teaches us that, you know, Ein Kesef for, uh, you know, Ein Kesef teaches you two things. Number one is she goes free at Nara, and the extra Yud teaches you that there's such a thing as Kesef Kiddush, and money, you know, in a different type of a sale, money changes hands, and it's Kesef Kiddush. The only okay. is it's not an extra Yud. Right. That's what we're going to get to now. What? It's not really an extra. Well, no, that's what we're going to say. How did the Tana learn out? Since why do you think that, well, what makes you think that Yud is extra? Right? Okay, you proved me the Tana did it by Zera Einla, but where did the Tana get that idea from? Um, see, because the verse says, Me'ain Bil'am, Ume'ain Yibmi. So you see the word Ain can appear without a Yud. Of course, that's when it's word Me'ain, but nevertheless, the Lok Siv Be'yud, Vachok Siv Be'yud, so here. All right. I mean, only drashu da'asa. Fine, just got to go with the flow. Now, now that we've established that, why, we asked the question which we should have asked all along, because we said, why not proof of Mafaris Nadarim and Knas and Pagam that he keeps the money? Well, the more obvious question is, why not just proof from the fact that he, that he gets her Masayadayim, that he gets her money? Right? I mean, if her earnings he gets to keep, so her Kesef Kiddushin he should get to keep. So now the Gemara is going to turn to that. It has to write both. The Ikaz of Rachman if it just that the Kesef Kiddushin she gets goes to her father because she didn't she didn't exert any effort she didn't work to earn it so that goes to her father it's like Kesef Mitzi I guess Aval the fact that she's marrying herself off to this guy okay but earn money that she earned the labor of her hands maybe she should get to, to keep it it just said her earnings go to her father because she's being fed by her father so he's expecting that she'll earn some money and that he'll get it. Right? And that's like he ongoing feeds her, she ongoing earns money, and there's an implicit reciprocity. So even which obviously reflects the way the Chazal later instituted the in, in a marriage that the husband supports her, you know, pays for her uh, upkeep and that he keeps her earnings. So the Gemara is saying is like I would have I assumed that that would have been the logic behind why the Torah entitled the father to her earnings because he because he's supporting her and those are two like ongoing and ongoing support and ongoing earnings. Kiddushin was like just falls you know out of the sky as it were okay it's not something that happens regularly and not something she goes out and earns so it's not something to be expected is going to happen maybe that she gets to keep Tzricha needs to tell you both okay fine now we're going to go back to saying how we write these Tzukim that she goes free as a Nara and she goes free as a as, as a Bogaret what, once she's going free as a Nara why do you have to tell me that she goes free as a Bogaret when she gets sold into slavery yeah so just when she's a katana, the father marries her off. She can't refuse. She, she has right. to quote unquote demand. Right. 
The only way she can refuse is if it's all right. So there's a good head, yeah. And then the, the mother and the brother in law then you can do me right. And then right, not, you know, so. right. But th- I saw what you were going to ask, which is a good question: is what does it mean that as a Nara she can marry herself off? I mean, the way the Raman actually paskins is is that the fa- and the Gemara was pretty clear anyway that as a that as a Nara the father can marry her against her will, so he doesn't need to agree to it even as a Nara. If the father's doing it, it can be against her will. The qu- only question remains: as a Nara, can she marry herself off? So the Gemara we read like sounds like yes, but the Rambam actually rules that um, she can't. That she can't know. Oh. Meaning, according to most, if she marries herself off, then it's then it's sort of it's held. It's sort of it's dependent on the father's either approval or veto. If the father approves, it works. If he vetoes, it doesn't work. Okay, but um, that, so that at least fits with the Gemara. But the Rambam rules lahalacha that even if the father approves of it after the fact, it doesn't work. The only time she can actually directly participate in the Masa Kiddushin is if he approves of it ahead of the fact. So it's real, still fundamentally really very much like he's marrying her. She's just the one entitled. She's almost like his Taliyah. Yeah, you to marry this person or go yeah. yeah, she's never really doing it herself. She's really at most his Taliyah, okay, the way the Rambam understands it. Others understand that if she marries herself and he approves <laughs> he, after the fact, then that can still work. Okay, but let's move on. The guy says Gufa. V'yatachinam. Ailey May Bagris, about a woman being sold as a Hebrew slave, she goes free as a Bogaris, and Kalsef without money, which is redundant, Ailey May Naris, even as a Nara. So the Messiah says, Listen, Rahman and Naris will obey Bagris, just tell me she goes free as a Nara. So obviously, he said that'll happen before she becomes a Bogaris, and she can only be sold as a Katana. So some Chacham would say, Well, well if you're sold as a Nara, she goes free as a Bogaris. No, she can only be sold as a Katana. So if she can only be sold as a Katana, right, and she goes free as a Nara, so there's no point of saying she goes free as a Bogaris. So the Gemara says, no, I'm a rabbi, you're right. But the, if you would have had only one phrase, you would have said the phrase meant Bogaris. So you needed two phrases to say not only a Bogaris, even a Nara. All right? Because again, you would have just applied the phrase to the, to the latest stage. The double phrase tells you the earlier stage. But you need the no, well, that's, that's what Yasechim means. She goes free. At, at what stage? When does she go free? So that's what we're telling me. So I would have said, if, if the Torah is very strange. It says she goes free. When? So the only stage Chazal sort of bring their lens into it. And they say, when does she go free? So it must be when she's, you know, when, when she's already an adult. And so that's Bogaris. And then the next thing is she's even a little bit before being a full adult. All right. So the Gemara says, uh, Like the halach of Tosh here again, we're doing about a co- about truma, going back to a truma a, a theme. The time we're talking about brisa, toshav. It says toshav kohen v'sachir lo yochal bo. The, the toshav, the dweller of a kohen and his hired hand, cannot eat his truma. So who are these people? Because his evit kanani can't eat truma. Because his evit kanani is his property. But you know who can't eat truma? His evit ivri. You say, oh, he's more Jewish. Yeah, but he's more Jewish, but he's not his property. So because he's not his property, he can't eat tr- the kohen's truma. Toshav zekonikinian olam. That's even an Evid Ivri that's owned forever, which means that, you know, you did the uh, ear with the, uh, you know, the all and whatever, and he's owned until the Yovel. Sahir, a hired hand, shanim, even for just a number of years, for, you know, for the seven years. Why not just say that even if, if, if the guy that's owned for 50 years doesn't eat truma, certainly the Sahir doesn't eat truma. No. If I had said that, I eat the Omer, if there was just one word, if it's just a Toshav, I would have applied that word to the narrower case. I would have said Toshav Zekonikinin Shanim. Toshav means the Evid Ivri for seven years. Of a Konikinin Olam, I would have said the Evid Ivri for 50 years. Ochel, that would have eaten. So Basachir Velimin al Toshav. So the fact I have two phrases tells me that both cases are being covered. And that Sachir means the more limited higher, that's the suggestion of higher. And Toshav means the more permanent person, the, uh, the guy for 50 years. Okay, but I need both phrases, or else I would have said one phrase I would have applied to the more limited case. Um, uh, okay, so, so Tzachir tells me that Tzachir means the more limited case, and Toshev tells me even the 50-year case, even he doesn't mean. Correct, correct. They're not explicit enough. Now, you could say, why could the Tzachir have been more explicit? But yes, the phrases are vague enough, 
and I would have implied them to a more limited case, and I needed the second phrase to tell me even a more extreme case. So here too, if it had just said ain't Kesef, I would have applied it to Bagras. You know, Chinam I would apply it to Bagras. Ain't Kesef tells me even Naras. So Amalei Abaye, so that seems to be a good answer. So that's what Abaye says. Amalei Abaye, Midami, you can't compare them. Hasam Trey Gufeninu. Hacha, there, they're two different people. There's a Toshav and a Sachir. Chinam because of Rav Toshav Nirza, Lo Yochal. Even if the Torah explicitly said, an Evan Ivri with a hole in his ear or whatever cannot eat, the Hadar Ksiv Idach, and then it would have said, an Evan Ivri for like six years cannot eat. So, even if it would have said both, and one would have been obvious, even if one would have been obvious, that would have been something I could have learned out from a Kavachomer. The verse is willing to go ahead and say it, meaning it, nothing is lost by saying it. It's not like it's not true. It might be obvious, but it's not not true. Both the Toshav doesn't eat and the Sachir doesn't eat. So even now the Torah said both, right? You could say, it's helped me once, so I would figure out we're talking about both cases, but now that it has said both, both are true, even if one of them is obvious. How is that different than our case? Elohacha, Chad Gufahi, it's this one girl. So, Kinafkale Benarus, Bagus my Bayagabe. If she's going free as a Nara, she's never going free as a Bogaret. Okay? So, as opposed to the other case, you're telling me this person goes free and this person goes free. Ah, oh, it's obvious. All right, it's obvious, but I'm telling you anyway. All right, but in this case, you can't tell me she goes free as a Bogaret and she goes free as a Nara. But she never goes free as a Bogaret. So, the, what is the person talking about? Okay? So, um, Ella, there's that woman that becomes a Bulgarian without ever having been a Nara. Who is that? An illness. This woman who has uh, certain, like, uh, doesn't develop certain female characteristics and is not, is not able to have children. But besides not being able to have children, I mean, again, I'm not exactly sure what specific condition it's referring to. But anyway, she sort of d- d- does not develop some, you know, basic, uh, s- s- certain, certain um, uh, uh, they're sort of like male p- uh, characteristics to her, and therefore, that woman becomes an adult when she hits the age of 20, uh, because she never gets, like, the normal, uh, sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, rut, pu- yeah, sort of, you know, signs of puberty and whatever that would define her as an Arab. Until then? Until then, she goes from a katana to a bogaret. And when she's 19, at, at night, yeah, well, well, the Gemara's going to get to when she can be swallowed. Okay, so the Gemara says, okay, so, that, she goes free as, when she, she has bogaret without naras. Bigger the illness. Maybe she should never go free because she only goes free at Naris. She never hits Naris. So though she, if she leapfrogged to Bagras, maybe she doesn't go free. But she does go free as a Bulgaris. Okay, so Maski Vlama Bravasi Vlav Kavachomer. One minute, it's Kavachomer. So when this girl gets the, uh, the uh, signs of puberty, the pubic hairs, that does not free her from her father. She's still a Nara. Nevertheless, she's freed from her master. When this uh, girl becomes a Bogaret, or this 20-year-old, Ilanis becomes a Bogaret, she's totally independent from her father. So, how much more so should, obviously, Bagrus gives her independence. You don't need the pastor to tell me that. How much more so does that free her from her master? No, no, no. What the Chiddush of the Pasuk is, it's telling you about whether you can sell this girl who's an illness. From the very outset, when she's a minor, I would have thought a girl that becomes a Nara, you can sell. A girl that does not become a Nara, like this girl will never become a Nara, you can't sell. Kamash Milan. What? So Tos is that. How do you know even as a, even under 12 that she's still an illness. So Tosos has a discussion whether you can see Simone illness even at that age. Fine. We don't, I won't get into it. Kamash Milan, that yes, you can sell her even though she'll never become a, a Nara. So Michael's question, actually I have to double check, but yes, you can sell her even though you know she'll never become a Nara. Presumably she would remain a slave until the age of 20. That seems to be what the Gemara is saying. You mean you can sell, sell her at 19? Oh, can he even sell her then at 19 because yeah. she's still a Nara? Yeah. Presumably yes. Iktana, right? I mean, she's still Iktana. I mean, that is the interesting halacha, that this illness, right, is still, which is again, gets to that 
interesting point about physical, you know, bi- you know, sort of sexual maturity, right, or whatever, you know, or you know, p- you know, puberty and those issues, as opposed to like here she is, a nineteen-year-old, completely, you know, much more of an adult than this twelve-year-old with two pubic hairs, and she's still considered legally a ktana. So that's a very good question, not only about the father selling her, just legally that she's considered a ktana, right? Just because she doesn't have certain, you know, uh, sexual characteristics. It's a very good point. Okay, so but uh, let's just get to, to the two dots. But again, what keeps on getting knocked over our head, right, in this sugya is the father's ability to sell his daughter as a slave, and the parallel to that about marrying off his daughter, and this is the model for Kiddushay Kesef. Um, now, according to Mar Bravasi that said it's a Kavachome that she goes free as a Bogaret. If she leaves her father's house, she go, as a Bogaret, obviously she goes free as a Bogaret. So, why is that a question? We said before that even if something is obvious, the puzzle could write it. So, maybe that is what the puzzle is telling you, that as a Bogaret, this woman gets freed from slavery, even if it is obvious. So, the Gemara says, no. That's if you have no other good way to explain the puzzle. And if there's another good way to explain the puzzle, we'll explain it. So, we'd rather say the Pasuk is teaching you the Chiddush that you can sell her even though she's never going to be a Nara. Because for him, you don't need the Pasuk to tell me that she goes free when she becomes a Bulgarian. Obviously she goes free when she becomes a Bulgarian. Yes, Ben, you had a question. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, well, how do you know that if a young girl is an Anilis, then then maybe she can't be sold by the father Correct. at all? Yes, because she'll never become an Ara. Maybe the only recognizes a girl. Yeah, maybe, now, if you Ara, right now, if you want an explanation for that, other than just a sort of formalistic one. The whole point of selling the girl to slavery, and this, by the way, should be mentioned in general, you know, because maybe it takes a little bit of the edge off this model that I've been, that the Gemara's been banging over your head, and I've been banging over your head, about selling as a slave. The point about selling as a slave in the Torah is ultimately, it's ultimately the ultimate goal. I mean, who can use a slave under 12 years old, right? Now, again, in the Pesukim, it's not at all clear that she's sold under 12 years old and that she goes free at 12 or whatever. But with the way Chazal understand it, right, who can use, what, 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 you know, okay, what's she going to do? A little bit of the cooking and cleaning? I mean, what the point. So the basic point, though, as the Torah to makes sense, is that he ultimately he should marry her, right? Because it says, you know, so it's, so so the whole point is, he, if in the end he doesn't want to marry her, and her son doesn't want to marry her, then she goes free. When it becomes the age to make that decision, that's shot of the psukim. Not that she goes free as a nara, but she goes free whenever that appropriate age is that it, she would be determined whether you know my kid just got accepted to these colleges and like May first is the date. Does anybody know that? There's like all the all the places you get accepted to, you have to make your decision by May first, you know, whatever, anyway, okay, fine, fine, so whatever, like, there's that time where, like, okay, now it's your time, you've had a lot of time to think about it, she's been in your house for a while, then now make your decision, she's ready to get married, right, so, you know, and then if he says no, and his son says no, then she goes free, so whatever, so we don't know exactly when that date is, so the Gemara sort of says, that's Naris, but the whole point of it is ultimately to lead to marriage, so that's, by the way, I would say, well, a girl that's never going to reach, like, you know, sort of sexual maturity, right, and has this illness, which, you know, a whole these questions, right, about, yes, Kiddushin is toasted by illness, but if, it's, if the guy wasn't aware, it's Kiddushin toast, well, the presumption would be that nor, un, under normal circumstances, you know, a man would, would not want to marry a girl that would did not, you know, develop these sexual characteristics and so on. So, but maybe that would be completely excluded from this category. So that's it, worth explaining what the Havamina might be that, uh, that this illness cannot be sold. And it's also important because it takes a little bit of the edge off of this strong model, uh, you know, the model for Kiddushin Kesef for selling her as a slave that we actually need to counterbalance it with well maybe the whole point of selling her by the way she's an avid Ivory she's not an avid Kanani and again she's only very young so what work is she re- labor is she really doing right that maybe the whole model of selling her as a slave is ultimately a marriage model or the goal is to lead to marriage okay so that's important to be stated okay so the Gemara says like this um Okay, the Tana Maisi Leimehacha. Now, finally, we have the, the we have a big, big sugya about the father selling his daughter as a slave slash for purposes of marriage. And now we have this little sugya that we've been quoting from the very beginning about uh, about the uh, by by uh, by Avraham and Ephron. So the the, the Tana quotes it from the following source. Jitani we taught in the Brisa, the idea of Kiddush HaKesef. Okay, when a man takes a woman and has sex with her, ain't kicha el b'kesef. Now again, even though Pshat of the Pasuk is kicha izu b'Allah, which by the way, Tosa says as well, 
and not but the other shot of the pasuk is we're talking about nisuin. We're not talking about kiddushin. Okay. Nevertheless, the Gemara decides that kicha means kiddushin. And now, what does the word kicha mean? It's not. Uh, and, and to say so, it says ain't kicha ella bekesef with money. Take the money from me. It's a Meaning, why do I need a puzzle by Avram to tell me that Kiddushin is, that, that is with Kesef? Again, because the word Kicha is assumed to refer to Kiddushin, not Nisuin. And then Kicha with Sedei Ephron tells me Kesef. Why do I need that? When it comes to, again, now comparing again to the Hebrew slave, the girl being sold. When a girl is sold as a slave, she's not acquired with sex. Nicknis Bikesev is acquired with money. Zushin Nicknis Vidya. This is acquired through an act of sex. As the remainder of the Pazik says, Ubi Allah. So, Enodin Shatikna Bikesev. How much more so? Like your classic, you know, again, Kavachomer. If it works here, it doesn't work there, then the other thing should also work. So, of course, there's a big difference. One is about purchasing for labor, that's money. The other is about marriage, so that could be the act of sex. You know, what type of a Kavachomer is that? Just because that money works there doesn't mean money is going to work here. Right? So the Gemara says, Yavama Tokiyah. Let's prove from Yavama. So Niknis Bezia, their sex works, is the act of Yibum. They're in Niknis Bekesef, not money. Okay? So, no. Mali Yavama, Shkini Niknis Bekesef. No, no, no. Because the Yavama, there's only one act. Only the act of sex. Shar doesn't work. So so that doesn't prove to other things. Tomer Bezu, Shiniknis Bekesef. Okay? Whereas by, uh, we're going to learn now from a Pasuk that marriage can work with a star. So if it can work with a star, it obviously works in broader areas than just Yibum. Yibum only works through Bia. Marriage works through Bia and a star. That's what we're going to learn those out. So if it works through Bia and a star, let it also work through Kesef. And let's learn it out from Amaivia. So therefore, then it says, So we have a puzzle of Kikachish that we learn it out from Avraham and Kikachish. So this is a, this, sometimes Midrash Halacha goes like this. It's very bizarre. It's discontinuous. It says, Why did we need a puzzle? We could have made a Kavachomer. It spells out the Kavachomer. And that says, And therefore we have the Pasuk. But you just said you had a Kavachomer. You didn't answer why we needed the Pasuk. So the Gemara asked that question. So the Gemara says, You just learned it out from a Kavachomer, from Amevriya. So Amar Avashi, no. Mishum de'ikol amein mar me'ikol de'din apircha. Because you could ask from the source of the very law, from Amevriya itself. Where do you want to learn that the Kesef should work? Me'amevriya from an Amevriya. Ma'la Amevriya shekein yotza b'kesef. No. Amevriya, it makes sense that money works to acquire an Amevriya. Because she goes free by by giving money. Okay? Toma bizo she'en yotza b'kesef. Right? In this one, right, a woman doesn't go free by giving money back to her husband, right? So, yeah, you gave me a pruta. Here's your ring back. Here's your pruta back. I'm now divorced. It doesn't work that way. Okay? Which, by the way, again, shows Amivriya is about possession and acquisition. She's bought with money. She's freed with money. But by a woman, since she's not freed with money, maybe she's not bought with money either. Okay, Thomas. So, therefore, you can't learn her out from Amivriya. Talmud Lomar Ki Yikach. Therefore, it says Ki Yikach Ish. Now, again, this is such a beautiful Gemara in juxtaposition to the previous one, right? Because the previous one, the whole model was selling the daughter. And it was all about the father and his control over her, etc. Here, the whole point is, you know why you need a puzzle by Avraham? Because this isn't like a sale of a slave. I'll tell you how it sounded like a sale of a slave. Because the sale of a slave is all about money. And what's the proof? She's sold with money and she's freed with money. This woman isn't freed with money. So maybe, she, logically, she shouldn't be sold with money. Okay? So it is exactly contrasting that it's not about a sale. And therefore, you need the Pesach by Avram. Now, what you might still say is, okay, but at the end of the day, the Pesach by Avram is still, she's a field, she's being purchased like a field, it's still a sale transaction. So Tosos already points out, very interesting, what is Ki Yikach referring to by the case by Avram? What's being taken by, in the Avram case? Natati What's being taken? The money, not the field. Right? So, taking the money. So, the kiyika, so if you focus on not that the woman is the field that's being possessed, but kiyika ishisha, it's funny, she's the one taking the money. But again, maybe there's a way to learn that there's focusing more on the possessing of the money as the act 
not the possessing of the woman as the act. And again, trying to make it maybe more of a symbolic act than of something that's really about possessing. Maybe it's a little bit of a drash. Okay, but nevertheless, this this is certainly of Avram downplays the possession dying, transaction, and particularly the point, she's not freed with money, she shouldn't be sold with money. The other thing to point out is, is that she's an actor in this case. And I want to, and I think that that's why the Gemara at the beginning, right, remember at the beginning, it's all like, oh, like that was the resounding, the echoing theme, even though the Gemara just spent a whole big discussion about the father model. Because at least in the Kicha Kicha Ephron, you know, you don't have somebody else selling her. I mean, you could say, well, I don't know, Ephron is the owner and she's selling the field so it's the father selling the daughter but they're really only two people in the, in the Avram story right and it more suggests the model of the woman marrying herself so, so there's two things about that that I think are much more are in co- very strong contrast to the father selling his daughter I mean it's not slavery it's not emphasizing like she's not an object you know it doesn't you know it has it's a better model. It's a much better model. And I think it also, like I said, it's, it, that, that it doesn't have her, that, that you can imagine that that much more represents the woman marrying herself rather than, you know, because there's only two players in that as opposed to the father and daughter. There are like three players. There's the father selling the daughter and the Avram and Ephraim, there's only two players. Um, so the Gemara, though, ends up by saying, why do I need both Psukim? What? Uh, I'll show up, find you. Anyway, the, I, have to, I, I have to go in like two minutes. Let's just get to the two dots. So the Gemara says like this. Um... Uh, okay. I would have said, okay, I learned out this Kiddusha Kefef, but maybe she keeps it. Because again, the whole point of those Psukin is that there's no father there. She's the actor. So maybe she keeps the money, even, even as a Nara. We're back to the Nara question. She does keep the money if she's a Bulgarian. To tell me that as a, even as, as a Nara, the money would go to the father. Had it told me that, now this is very interesting. If I just had the Pasuk by the father, by the Vyatachinam, I would have thought, if maybe she gave the money to him, the Kidashto, and she married him, because that doesn't tell you who's buying whom, meaning it all says it's So it means that in another time when she leaves the father control, there is money. But how do I know how the money works? Maybe she's the one that gives the money to him. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says, uh, where's Rashi? Um, so maybe if she said to him, marry me, because all it says is ain't Kesef. So maybe it's a transaction with money. Maybe it could go either way. Okay? So, no, he has to be the taker. So, so much for me trying to emphasize that the Kiyikach model is very much different from the possession transaction. Here, the Gemara suggests at the end that the whole slave model could have somehow still suggested all it says is that there's money. Maybe she's the one that does the act. Now, by the way, I'll just end by reading this little toast for us and we'll end here for today. Tosa says, Look at Tosa's Hegdiyai Vlidi David Kidashto. Tosa says, Right? Even, even if she could be the actor, he's fundamentally the status of being Mikudeshet is a status that applies to her. Because her status changes vis-a-vis other men. When he's married to her, his status doesn't change to other people. Okay? Which is a very important point. It's not well, just who does... You can't marry your sister. Fine. It's not just who does the act. It's a fundamental question of who has the status change. So, Okay? Uh, okay, fine. So she says, I'm Mikudesh you. She's still, but, he, but, so, but she's still the speaker. And then Tosos goes one step further. Actually, no. When the Gemara says she gives the money to him, it didn't mean that. We just got through saying that the, that the father receives the money. So Tosos says, he transforms the whole Gemara. As opposed to Rashi says that there was a Havamina, she would give the money and say, Hareya Tam Mikudash Li. Tosos says, no, no, no. What it really means is, he gives the money 
And she still receives the money, and all it's, and, and she's just saying, tells us it's a havamina of nothing huva amrahi, which is a sugya that we're going to see later. But that's not shot of the Gemara. So again, very interesting, these two different models, and at the very last minute, the Gemara sort of suggests the ipcha of what I would have inferred um, from those two models. Okay, we'll end with